Hello everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to a special Kill Connor Club spoiler cast episode for Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm one of your hosts, James, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. As always, how's it going, my friend? It is great. It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm smiling ear to ear right now, because we're about to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. So, it's just... This is exciting, especially after the last spoiler cast, which was, uh, you know, wasn't as fun. Was you it know, doing that? No, well, we were talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey last oh, week. Oh, you know I, I, mean? I like didn't even count not that the Spider Man one. Not the, not, sorry, not the <laughs> Spider Man one. Not the special. Spider Man one was great and everything. I love that. But then we did the the Odyssey one oh, last week, and you know, it was it was fun because it was four pillars. Had a great laugh. It was a great episode, as always. But yeah, it's just nice to talk about yeah. one of the best games of all time right now and, th- and that's what red dead redemption 2 is but yeah. before we get any further into it i'd like to thank a few of the sweet vintage lads for helping power this podcast because this special spoiler cast as they all are uh 24 hours early access for the people over at patreon.com slash as always for just one dollar you get over 100 hours 50 episodes almost of exclusive podcast content called the kill connor clubhouse on every week kill connor club isn't on plus 24 hours early access to these spoiler casts so to thank a few of the sweet vintage lads that make these happen we have king richard the third ick rake ballsack 47 t-man or travis josh devlier billy the team ton my captain robertson damien casey wood Vir- viridian Viridi, yeah, is that right? Viridian, yeah, yeah, that's right. I just feel like he, there's so many eyes in that fucking yeah. name that I feel like. I'm up. Uh, Arbiter, the Tony team, Fishy, Arun, Wind, Mario, fifty three eighty, Lumistrad, Austin, Andre, Andre, Andrew, Martinez. People are getting real fucking hard names these. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you make it. The whole list was fine, and everyone's fucking up with their fucked up names. <laughs> anyway, Jonah Valdez, Benedict Parker returns. David Bindis, Shields, Awkward Cuck. Bo Damon, The Real Jewel Raptor, Zaheer, Captain Keys Official, Kyle, Ollie the Dane, Elstico91, Emil Catborg, S. Jaws, Preview Mover, Julie, Adam, Sunling, H. Bars 12, Jason, Last Medici, The ACMJS, James and Lad, Yez, Enjoy the Sexy Boy Smith, Brian Ford, Connor DeRose, Billy in the Alley, Joshua Mora, Gene, Marcus Blackburn, Seth, Oscar, Ravjai, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, Brendan or BQ Overlord, and Pink Flame 313. Thank you, Sweet Vintage Lads, for making these special. Kill Connor Club spoiler cast happened. All right, James, Red Dead Redemption 2, you've finished it. I've finished it. So for the people listening right now, mm. if you haven't finished it, go finish it and don't listen to this shit. If yeah. you're thinking, I don't want to buy it, I just want to hear what these guys think, fuck you, go buy it. You have no excuse. If you don't have a gaming console, I don't give a fuck. You figure it out. <laughs> Do whatever it takes. You get this game, you play it, then you listen to this spoiler cast. Not before. All right, I assume you played the game and finished it. If you're listening, James... Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, uh, yeah. we had, we talked about it last week on Kill Connor Club. We, we talked about some of our thoughts on it just generally early on, spoiler free of how we're feeling about it. And mm-hmm. we all agreed that it was incredible, the world building, mm-hmm. the gameplay, the mechanics. But I said to you, James, I said, but until the game's over... I won't know where I, how I feel about this. I won't even know if I like this game because mm-hmm. this is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, my favorite story in a video game ever, the original game. Mm-hmm. And this has to be there has to be a reason they're telling the prequel. This has to tie together, has to fit perfectly. I had two criteria, James. Mm-hmm. The criteria was Arthur has to die. Yeah. And I have to be playing as John when this game is over. Mm-hmm. 
Not only did Rockstar deliver those things, they made me wish Arthur never died <laughs> and gave me a 27% of this massive game storyline playing as John Marston. They gave me more than I asked for and made me regret and rethink my whole life. <laughs> Jay, this game is incredible. It Do is. you agree? I completely, completely. No, like like we said on Kill Connor Club, it was... There was no doubt in in my mind when we were talking about it before we'd finished the game that it was one of the greatest games ever made. But it was, it, like, like we talked about, for me to determine whether it was my favourite game of all time, they had to nail that story. Because, of course, the, the most important part, arguably, of Red Dead Redemption 1 was its narrative, which was fucking incredible. And if you're making Red Dead Redemption 2, like we talked about all the way up until release, they had to make this game linked to red dead redemption in some way otherwise it's pointless like why are you doing this why are you setting it as a prequel why are you including john marston and dutch vandalin if you're not going to link these things up and we talked not about just it link them up but link them up perfectly yeah right? exactly like, yeah. it is it it's very specific things i wanted them to do mm. and the, like i thought it wasn't gonna happen just because my criteria was so specific yeah. of what I wanted to happen. Yeah, I thought it was... So mean, the fact that they delivered it and then some is yeah, ridiculous. Like, I didn't think... I thought there's potential for them to somewhat do what we thought should happen. Like, with Arthur dying, it was sort of like... I don't think they're going to be too afraid to do that. But then, you know, how, like, will they make us play as John or will they, like, make you play as Arthur after the post-game, just put you back before the final mission? Like, what are they going to do here? Like, what are we? What would they? what would they push as John? And, like... The the way they did it was, yeah, literally exactly the way we talked about it, but then more on top of that, some fucking incredible moments. But, you know, we'll get into that uh, sort of as we go, I suppose. But, yeah, it was it was insane. But, yeah, as it stands now, Red Dead Redemption 2 is easily my favourite game of all time. It was, it's my favourite story I've ever experienced in a video game. I, yeah. It was yeah. insanely good. I just... Like, from that... It's probably from, like, the midpoint on, I think. The story just continually gets better and better and better until yeah the very end of the game it was in just insane i think this the way the story was panning out right like uh it was like solid and interesting and it was like developing mm. everything the gameplay the way the world works the way the story's going kind of giving the backstory to arthur and you just got the vibe for all the characters and their relationships together mm. arthur's relationship with john arthur's relationship with dutch and, and jose and everybody mm. And then you get to the end of chapter three and yeah. Jack gets taken and shit just fucking kicks into gear and doesn't really stop yeah. up until the end of the game. And I would agree with you. I can safely say this. Red Dead Redemption 1, to me, is my favorite script story in a video game. Mm -hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2 is now the best story in a video game ever, the best script, the best narrative I've ever played in a video game. No doubt about it. Number mm -hmm. one. Do I think it's a, my favorite video game of all time? I haven't decided yet. It's one or two, right? It's, I don't know if I can say it's better than God of War overall as a game. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure yet. I need to let this settle for a bit. This certainly is the best script, the, my favorite storyline ever. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Is it a better game than God of War was? I haven't finally decided because i did say like red dead redemption 2's the only flaws i've got from it is some of its third person you know combat mechanics aren't always perfect right. they're great 
but they, they have some janky moments control wise definitely some janky control moments uh with with some shooting and 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 hand to hand there there's definitely it's not perfect now the thing about god of war is my argument here is i can't fault the game in any way personally I mm. think it is a flawless game. Other things God of War can improve on, yes, but nothing was not working. Yeah. If that makes sense, sure. nothing didn't work how it was intended to work. Could they add to things? Could they make things a bit easier? Hundred percent. But it's to me the only game I've ever played that I think is perfect or yeah. flawless. I should say. Yeah, ten out I, of ten. I agree with you there. If I'm, you know, if I was basing my list on which game, yeah, in terms of its mechanics and the way it plays, is the better one, then I guess it would be God of War because it's a far, you know, I, not even a far like better. It's a small game. game. Um, but it, but to me, with Red Dead Redemption Two, I think it had that edge because. I mean, there were. I think there were more things I enjoyed, and the story to me was better. And I think therefore it just gives it that edge. I don't, I don't think there's much between them. I think they're both absolutely incredible games. But I think just oh, there was sure. something about Red Dead Redemption Two that puts it over God of War for me. It might be because Red Dead Redemption is a more special franchise to me than God of War is, so that adds yeah, that edge for um, sure, hundred percent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you in the sense that yeah, I I can't seem to fault God of War in any way. Whereas there's there's criticism, of course, you can give to anything, but uh, you know. Um... That's and it's easier for there to be criticism because Red Dead Redemption Two is a far bigger game, a more ambitious game mm-hmm. than God of War. Though God of War in itself with, and that's what I love about both games. No doubt about. I don't. This debate we could have all day. Obviously, we want to get more into Red Dead Redemption Two and everything. I just wanted to point that out of like I don't know which mm-hmm. I I think's my favorite game of all time, yeah. but they're the top two. And yeah. in one year, we've got both of those games. Before that, my top two games were Red Dead Redemption 1, 2010, Skyrim, 2011. Those are my top two. Mm-hmm. It's been since in seven years, I haven't had a game compete with those two. In six months, I've had two games beat those two. The sequel to my favorite script, which is now my new favorite narrative in the history of video games, Red Dead Redemption 2, and God of War. Yeah. I just want to point that out. They're both amazing video games. I'm not sure where I sit it yet, but it's it, that's where it is, right? Like, yeah. it's right there. They're, yeah, yeah. they're, it's a fucking, you know, it's a fucking pube hair difference. Like, that's how close it is, you know what I mean? Like, it's fucking close. Yeah. Um, but Red Dead Redemption 2 is just, like, it, this, this is what I love about Rockstar. They didn't, they take so many calculated risks while always staying true to themselves. Mm. It's not a franchise that makes all these changes that you'd call risks that aren't real risks. They're just like trying to be something else. No, Rockstar takes risks that no games have ever done before while always staying true to the roots of what their franchise is. They know what Red Dead Redemption is. Mm -hmm. They know what that first game established. By calling it Red Dead Redemption 2, they know what we wanted narrative-wise. They know what we expected narrative-wise. They delivered that. Mm -hmm. They know what we wanted, improved, and built upon world-wise gameplay wise they did that while at the same time taking all these leaps bounds risks for immersion for just world building for just creativity mm-hmm. it's i don't think i could not brag about this in every single way possible but when it comes to those risks and those ambitious things they did and changed 
that no other games have done before. What to you stands out that you think of when you think of Red Dead Redemption 2? You're like, that was amazing. That was incredible. I think, I think there's one thing I've been saying about the game. And I think it's one thing that not a lot of games do is it, it's sort of blended together the way you would build an open world game with the way you would build a linear story game. Because Red Dead Redemption 2 understands that it one of its core elements and potentially the most important is the narrative. And so yeah. the way it the way it, it built the game is like this is an open world game, but it plays like you'd expect a linear game to work. So gameplay mechanics aren't set in stone like the gang mechanic that was there for majority of the game if it's not needed for the narrative they won't shoehorn it in so that oh we can use this game mechanic we built it's like the narrative is first and foremost so if the narrative doesn't serve that gameplay element we'll remove it or we'll change it so like obviously end game it's not the gang mechanic it's now a ranch um that functions slightly differently and there's little things like that, like, you know, killing their main character and then having you play as someone else like they did in the first game. Because it serves the narrative, they have to do it. They're not going to keep things... Like, th that's the thing that I really like about Red Dead Redemption 2. And I think they pushed it further in Red Dead Redemption 2 than they did in Red Dead Redemption 1 and any game that's come before it that's an open world game is putting the story and what matters to the story before the gameplay, which means you have to be far more ambitious because... With an open world game, take Assassin's Creed, for example, even with the games that did serve the story, it's like you've got this set open world, you've got these set gameplay mechanics. It's sort of rigid in that sense. It's like everything has to conform to that gameplay system. Exactly. The story up. has to, yeah, the has story to has to shoehorn it, yeah. in every feature they've put in the game. They, they, yeah. They're not willing to let anything slide. They're not willing for a player to miss something. Yeah. Whereas Red Dead Redemption 2 has a million features I don't think I've even touched just because Rockstar knows this game is going to be good. They, they're so confident in every aspect of this game that they're okay with you rushing through the story like I did to finish it and missing so many mechanics mm -hmm. and still having a tremendous time. Yeah. They know that it's okay for people to miss things. They don't have to experience the whole game to know that this is what it is. I want to play it again and do it real slow because I had to rush through this. I just needed to know the story and it felt in a lot of ways like a linear game and with a perfect mold to an open world because I just smashed through the story mostly. I didn't do many side missions. Mm -hmm. I'm mostly exploring the side stuff as John afterwards in terms of the hunting, breaking horses, and doing stranger missions and things like that. Like I didn't do a lot of that stuff because I was like, I need to know what happens in the story. I have, I care so much about the narrative. I just, that's what I care about the most. And to me, mm -hmm. the most important thing of red dead and red dead redemption two is the narrative. And it's the best part of both games, but at the same time, it does things as an open world and an immersive game that nothing's ever been done before that adds to the linear aspects of the story while also adding to the main open world, like having the gang, having the, you know, your, your camp, you know, having to shave, having to wash, having to eat, having to look after your horse, having to look after the, the gang itself and everyone there having to each day for me, I change clothes every single day. It's mm. so real to me. And like every day I felt like I had to, I had to change my clothes, yeah, yeah. have a different outfit. Like I wouldn't wear the same clothes every day. I've got all these outfits. Like I'm, every day I changed. And depending on what I wanted to do, I changed outfits for that. If I wanted to hunt, I wore an outfit for hunting. If I wanted to go up north, I wore winter clothes. If I wanted to do a robbery, I'd wear my – make sure my hat's on. My I've got my bandana down there and I've got like a duster coat. Mm -hmm. But if I was just doing regular shit, I'd just have pants. Might not even wear a hat and just a normal shirt. Like – 
it's so realistic it's almost like a simulation of a time period with yeah. a narrative in it rather than just a game itself right mm. yeah yeah i completely agree now when it comes to the storyline right mm. what what are the standout moments that for you change like when you're playing and you're like yeah this is really good what was the first moment for you that you're like shit here we go this game's so um, special. This isn't just like a, gr- a, a amazing game. This is like a masterpiece. This is a game changer. This is one of the best games of all time. Um, I mean, there's a few moments like that. Well, there's a few big standout moments early on. But I think the big, the moment where I was like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. What is going on? Is that halfway point after the, the bank robbery... Um, where you know you've got Hosea dies, Lenny dies, and then you're on the boat and you end up in fucking Cuba, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like they built this whole area. Like if someone had told me years ago there's going to be a sequel to Red Dead Redemption where you end up in fucking Cuba for a linear section of the game, I'd be like, no, that's obviously not true. Like if that got leaked, it'd be like, well, that's fucking fake. But like I was like, this is crazy like that's when i was like okay this get clearly this game is built like a linear game the way that they've got like oh we need to go to this area for the game we'll build a whole fucking area that's nothing like the rest of the game so we can just have this for the story and it was like this is fucking crazy like what like what was they gonna that's to me that was when i was like the idea of playing as john for the end of the game and doing all those things was way more realistic to me I was like, if they're doing this, it looks like Rockstar are just doing whatever they need to do for the story. So, you know, that that was one of the moments where I was like, wow, this is, you know, that's a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, I see, I feel a bit differently mm-hmm. to that. I think, like, it was crazy, right? Like, you go to Cuba and stuff. But for me, I, I don't like when games do that, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of when games take you out of the world to have a forced linear section. So I remember texting you at the time because you'd finished the game or you were pretty close to finishing it. And I go, dude, I'm at fucking Cuba. Please tell me this isn't long. Oh, yeah, I remember. Because I was like, I cannot deal with this for that long. And it was probably too long for my liking. Yeah. Was it like, it wasn't bad or anything. Like, they were fun missions. But like, I didn't, that was my least favorite part of the whole game was that. Okay. Was getting taken out. The story-wise, it did a lot of great stuff, right? Like I loved what it. It's where I started to see Arthur coughing and started to freak out, thinking, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, he's fucking sick with something, and that's how he's going to die." Uh, and you started seeing like there's amazing story elements to it, and started a lot of plot threads, especially with the Dutch and Arthur relationship and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So don't get me wrong, amazing script moments in that section, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But as a game, I really don't enjoy linear force sections like that that take you out of the world you're in and that this was no exception okay and i it was my least favorite part of the game probably you know what it was about... in... what were you saying i was just saying it was interesting and all but again yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. my least favorite part um yeah talking about least favorite part of the game um i think the bit the only part of the game where i found myself actually thinking oh i don't really want to do this was um the weird i get what it did for dutch and the the gang and the story i get it but it was also really boring was the missions for the native americans because it felt like the arc 
it, even though it did, it sort of served Dutch, it was almost like, I'm not interested in this storyline. Like, And why would Arthur be doing it yeah, at this point like, of the story? Yeah. It's like, why are we getting involved in this Native American feud? Like, it didn't feel natural. There's some cool moments, like when you go and attack, like, the oil place thing. Um, but it was like, this is so weird that this is such a central part. And you do it for quite a while towards the end of the game. Um, and it's not like I was a huge fan of um, Eagle Flies. I thought he was a fucking asshole. Like, he was just, yeah. he was annoying. Because I'm like, look, just do what your fucking dad says. He knows what he's talking about. Stop fighting people. Uh, but he just wouldn't stop. He was just annoying. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, that wasn't my favorite parts. But I enjoyed that better than um, the going to Cuba and being forced to do this linear section and not sure. play in the world and not be Arthur, especially when you come back, Arthur's sick from that point. And then, you know, this thing, like when I replay this game, I'm going to definitely spend most of my time doing all the side stuff before the bank robbery, because then mm. Arthur, the gang hideout doesn't really exist anymore. Arthur's sick as fuck. And it's kind of just depressing. Like chapter six is so depressed. Like it all serves the story. Like at no point mm. does it make the story bad. The story is always served from start to finish of this game, but just as gameplay, from the Cuba section, mm-hmm. not my, not the biggest fan of it. But then you get chapter six, which, you know, you're back in the world, yeah. But Arthur being sick and looking like pure shit is so depressing. Yeah. And you know what's coming. At that point, you know what's coming. You know Arthur's dying. You know he's dying soon. You're just trying to figure out... I was just trying to hurry it along because I'm like, I just... I know he's going to die. I just need to tear off this Band-Aid. Let's get to this story. Let's get get through this. Like, not in a bad way, in a good way. Like, I wanted to get to it. Yeah. Because I just knew it was going to be, well, I felt, you know, um, crazy. From the from that midpoint on, when you get back from QB, you find out that Arthur's sick and all, and all that. I, I never felt like Arthur would be going around doing these dumb stranger missions. Not dumb in the sense that they're bad, they're great, but dumb in the sense that they're not urgent, like, you know, finding lost animals for a bloke in a dress. Like, you know, I don't yeah. feel like he'd be doing, like, he's about to die. Like, his his focus should be on the gang and on Dutch and on trying to help John. So to me, it was like, I need to only do the story. I didn't feel right when I was going off exploring the world, like, doing hunting. In Chapter or, 6, yeah. yeah that stuff you do like in Chapter that. 2, yeah. 3, 4, yeah. all fine with that. That's what... Arthur do but yeah especially like i missed an important section of um i've talked to a few people that strauss is someone in chapter six you kick out of the camp when you do those last debt collecting missions and those are actual side missions i always did throughout the game but when you get to chapter six i'm like why the fuck would arthur yeah. be doing debt collecting when he's dying doesn't give a fuck about the gang's money and there's no even money mechanic in the gang anymore mm. i just thought why would i do that wasting my time not fucking doing it yeah. now the thing was that you miss out on that is that these are actually cool moments where there's two of them where you have the choice to take their debt or not and at the end you kick strauss the fuck out ah so sense. it is okay. it kind of adds to that chapter but you but it's not obvious like for me as a player i didn't want to do it and chose not to do it because it doesn't make sense yeah okay well but yeah. that's but that's me i didn't do any of that either um and also i didn't know um and it, it explains it in a stranger quest that you can only do before arthur dies is um 
the way he actually got tuberculosis. I didn't know how. I just thought he just Oh, really? Got it. You didn't know how? I didn't oh, know how okay. until after I finished the oh. game and someone told me, and I was like, oh, that's even better, actually. That's pretty fucking cool, because that was subtle and I didn't even notice. Um, yeah, so the guy that coughed on yeah. him in the first Debt Collector mission. Yeah, the thing is for that, I didn't... I knew straight away. In fact, I knew he was sick before the game told you he was sick because I was... T- Everyone's playing this game, right? And at work, there's a bunch of guys that are playing it too, and they know, and we've sort of all been talking about it as we we're playing. And one of the guys, Mitch, goes, Did you remember when he got coughed on? I'm like, Oh, not really? Yeah, that sick dude. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I remember the sick dude. I remember getting coughed on. He's like, Yeah, you got coughed on. I reckon Arthur's going to get sick. I'm like, No, nah, it would have happened by now. I'm like, Two chapters past that. Nothing's happened. He goes, Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Then I go home that from work that night, start playing the game. Then Arthur coughed, and I go, <laughs> and i literally said they're like wait what and then my ass ah, was one cough this is one cough yeah and then he coughed an hour later he coughs twice and i go oh fuck <laughs> like i knew straight away as soon as as soon as he got the second i'm like oh he's there's no 100 percent he's coughing for a reason like he's not coughing for no yeah. reason and i knew exactly i'm like oh he's fucking sick from that dude so I knew from that point, I knew he was going to get sick. And then when he started coughing more and more and more, I was like, oh, when's this going to kind of catch up? And we're going to find out he's sick. I was like, oh, fuck me. He's going to die from a sickness. But at first I thought, what a shit way to go for a, like a character. I want to yeah. go in a blaze of glory. But what that sickness does for Arthur in oh, his yeah. redemption arc as a character is so incredible and, and so important to this story and is so well done hmm. that I I actually loved it so, so much because it pushed Arthur to that redemption arc. It pushed mm. Arthur out of the gang more. It made his goal change. It made everything put into perspective. He was going that direction anyway, but it accelerated it all. He had no choice. He had no time. Mm. So he does all these amazing, great things for it. And it just it's the whole dynamic of who he is at the end is because of that sickness. So what that sickness did was actually incredible. It's the best, one of the best parts of the story. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, from the halfway point in, I think all of these plot threads start coming together, and it's really that ending moment where everything... Like, when you look back on all the different things they set up, it's like, fuck me. Like, it can't, like everything perfectly fits together at the end, and you get this amazing redemption arc for Arthur that's just... It's just done so well because of the way, they, the way that he starts off the game. Like, the development there is brilliant and you get to see how you know arthur's redemption arc directly affects john's life and john's story and it really i think that that really helps the first game as well because even though they never mention arthur i feel like now you've played his story and you know what his effect like how he affected john you can sort of see that in everything john does and you know the kind of man he is and you know all of that stuff it's like you can sort of you know you're like oh arthur sort of affected all of this and that's kind of the best way to make a prequel is to have it yeah. affect the original thing in a good way. Did you feel at any point that, for example, we've got all these characters that introduced that aren't in the first Red Dead, mm-hmm. that, and there's even people, especially like Arthur, mm-hmm. you've got people like Charles and Sadie Adler mm-hmm. that live. Yeah. I Were you okay with that all happening? Did you feel like, well... That actually wouldn't not that doesn't not make sense that they exist. You know what I mean? They're just not talked about yeah. a lot, right? Because Red Dead Redemption is very the way John talks about the gang is very secretive and very subtle, and they only talk about the gang members that are wanted and alive, which is Bill mm. Williamson, Javier Asuela, and Dutch Vandalin. Whereas most of the other people are dead, 
and the ones that are definitely dead are like the really important ones that the police would know about. The Pinkertons would know about. Mm. Yeah, I I liked that Charles and Sadie survived. I felt like if there was any characters that should have survived, it was those two. Because I I mean they were. I thought they were both dying though at the end. Um, oh yeah. Didn't you with that epilogue? Did you think? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. they. Because I, I thought, well, maybe they'll live. And then the last mission, I'm like, oh, I'm not. They're gonna kill all of them. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I was enough, like, oh, they're know? all gonna die, and John's just gonna make it out. And then, you know, that'll happen. But they didn't, and I was like, no, that's good. I I, I think it makes sense because, you know, John is very secretive about the gang, and I guess it's for good reason because, for one, he doesn't like talking about his past or his personal life or anything to anybody. He's always been like that. But also, it he doesn't talk about the gang other than the ones that are alive and wanted, probably because he doesn't want to give off more than he needs to about the gang like for one yeah. he wants completely out of that life he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore but also even still he barely tells anyone about that stuff yeah even like, when he's it like he doesn't really tell bonnie much until like, he trusts her yeah and even then it's not much like he's yeah it's so it makes sense to me like they they, they wrote red dead redemption one in a way where it was so ambiguous and vague and john was so secretive it was almost like they did it on purpose really... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so crazy that it's like, did you? Did they fucking know what they were doing? It's from so the start? weird. There's so many fucking moments in Red Dead Redemption Two where I'm like, they had to have fucking planned this. Like, it fits up. It lines up so fucking well. Like some of the stuff that Dutch says to John in Red Dead Redemption One is like, this is so. Like they must have replayed the game or reread over the whole script and made yeah. sure it was perfect because it's it and so weirdly lines up. Uh, and that's something that so many friends and I guess lots of people aren't used to because not many franchises really take that care. For example, what we deal with all the time, Assassin's Creed, they do such a terrible job at <laughs> caring about their past. Well, it's just the truth. They do a terrible yeah, job at true. caring about what they've written in the past. And that then causes whatever they write in the future to contradict shit, to not line up properly, to feel like they've even ignored it. Rockstar what they did between Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 is not only take care, but with every single detail of that first game and make sure everything lines up perfectly, but add to it to make it even more interesting. Even the smallest details, everything comes full mm. circle. There is nothing missed. Nothing missed. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Not just to do it overall, but for, to have no detail undone. No yeah. detail contradicted no detail conflated everything spot on pitch perfect that mm. doesn't happen yeah especially think, these days yeah i think that's what shocked me so much with it is i i was it it's weird because with rockstar it was like i was expecting them to do a good job and i was expecting it to be satisfying but i wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was even though it makes sense for Rockstar, but I guess it's just no games do that well. Even games that do sequels really well, they never yeah, do sequels I agree. that well. Where it's like a, almost like, you know, I feel like there's really not many games. You could probably list them on like, you know, on, on, on your fingers, like how many there are that do that that well. The sequels are never, like when you look at something like an Uncharted, it's not the same kind of sequel as like a red dead redemption or like like a kingdom hearts yeah. i guess in a way you know where you've got like this continuing story that always lines up and all of that stuff so you know it, it yeah it just blew me away like especially that epilogue yeah i've agreed and i like i knew i think 
my expectations were very high for the polish and the game and the world it built itself. I knew I was going to be stunned and everything, but my expectations were to be stunned by the level of detail that put in, and I was. But mm-hmm. even though I had expectations and very specific criteria for the story, the story still blew me away with my high, high expectations of this game. My expectations of this game were it to be one of the greatest games of all time, and it still managed to exceed them in a story sense. In the world sense, it it did what I expected it to do, and it's to be probably the most realistic uh, game of all time, and I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, I I, I got this question right, and I'm going to do... so. I am going to do a review of Red Dead Redemption. I've got my next Assassin's Creed Truth video coming out. Mm-hmm. Then next week is my, my Red Dead review. But I've got another Red Dead video I'm going to do a video essay on okay. that a, a person at work asked me this question and I answered and it was like, but then I kept thinking of all these different answers to mm-hmm. it. And it's, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. James, do you think uh, that Dutch Vandalin was always bad and showed his true colors at the end of this game? Mm. Or do you think Dutch was brought to madness? Okay, I I do have an answer for this, because I've, I've been writing my narrative sort of review type thing where I'm analyzing why it's a perfect sequel, and I bring that up in, in the review. I think that Dutch... I, I think Dutch... I don't think Dutch changed. I think the world around him changed, and because he couldn't control the world around him as well, I think it showed his true colours to the gang. I think that he was able to keep the gang safe whilst also keeping himself safe, but once he got to the point where he couldn't, that was the point where he like he could only be out for himself, like when he leaves John and when he leaves Arthur. He would have always done that, I believe, but he he was able to, you know, control the things around him and be be the be the top dog sort of thing in the past. So he didn't need to do that. But he got to a point where I think there's I think there's definitely sort of, you know, the stress and everything. I think it caused him to lose his mind a little bit. But I feel like he was always like that because he was always very good at manipulating people. Like you see that with he doesn't do it necessarily to the gang, but he does it to everyone around him. He's really good at speaking and making people think yeah. what he wants. And you see that really early on. It's just later on he starts doing it to the gang because they start to distrust him. But I think maybe it's a bit of both, but I think it's more the way that Arthur and John say it is that, you know, they just finally got to see what he truly was, I think, towards the end. But John says in Red Dead Redemption 1, mm-hmm. he goes, he's just a good man that turned bad. Yeah. Or something along those lines. I think... I think Dutch Vandalin is the by far the most complex character in both games. Mm-hmm. I think there's like I agree with the answer. That's a great answer, and hadn't thought a lot about a lot of those points. But I've got a couple points for you. Okay. I think, I mean, it's it is interesting what you said. The way he manipulates and the way he talks, and you're hundred you're hundred percent right. I think there's a quote from that he does a similar speech in this game but his his speech to the to John at the end of Red Dead Redemption 1 when he kills himself is mm-hmm. about nature and how he can't fight nature and the world's changing and everything like mm-hmm. like you said he then John says well then he's like all I've ever done is fight and John goes well give up and he goes I can't do that either I can't mm-hmm. fight my own nature that's a paradox yeah now the thing about Dutch is he 
because the world changed, his values almost became a paradox inside of him. And that's what I think drove him to madness. I think Dutch has there's three key themes to Dutch in this game. Mm-hmm. The third one's not as relevant until the end, which is redemption. Mm-hmm. The first two, the, the most important Dutch, is greed and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Those are the two ones I think of. Now, the greed with Dutch is his dreams, goals, and ambitions, what he wants. He wants money. He wants his own life to live free, and he wants to live his way. Mm-hmm. His loyalty I truly do believe lies to the gang or lay with the gang and he loves them like family and he would never leave anyone behind because he proved that a lot throughout the story. Even at the end, even when I, cause I thought to myself, why the fuck didn't John shoot Dutch at Red Dead Redemption one at the end? Why the fuck didn't he shoot him? Why did he let, why did he fucking let him kill himself? Why did he put his gun away when Dutch put his gun away? Like it pissed me off mm-hmm. because I'm at the point of the story where I'm like, Dutch is a cunt. Fuck that guy. Why aren't you killing him? But then yeah. at the last moment of Red Dead Redemption 2, he shot Micah and walked away. Mm. Yeah, after holding and his that gun was on his, John. And like that it's... was his redemption. That yeah. was his... It's not a lot, but his... And it explained to me, who someone was pissed off at Dutch for so long in this game, why John didn't shoot him. Yeah. Because not only did he have that love for Dutch from his past, but Dutch proved that he did actually care. Maybe it doesn't anymore, but he did at some point. He cared about that gang truly in himself. Mm. Now you've got that greed of what he wants. And you've got this other theme of loyalty that he really has for everybody. He went after Jack. He did everything to get Jack back. He did do a lot. Obviously he would always find ways to help his greed goals at the same time if he could, Mm -hmm. but he was always loyal at the same time. And for a long time, both those uh, ideologies Mm. inside himself coexisted. They worked. But things started to change that led to those two ideas inside of him become a paradox inside him, Mm -hmm. counteract each other and no longer coexist. That, to me, was the undoing of Dutch Vandalin. Now, Mm. there's three layers that I believe to that come to that one is that the story tells and, and what the facts of what we see that happen with, um, Arthur, his relationships with Arthur and everything Two being the structure of the gang and how that changes throughout the story and three being the world around him changing. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the first one you just see with the facts of what happens in the story with all the people that are dying, the, um, always getting so close but never doing it like getting and then the greed starts to build but then when people start dying off all of a sudden the gang thinks well we don't really want to keep dying is this worth it and he keeps saying this is the last time and it's not so that greed starts to kind of seep through towards the gang and the way everyone views each other changes and that starts to hurt dutch and everything but the main one being, I look at the structure of the gang, and if you've ever seen a good example, and this is what I'm going to use in my video as like uh, an analogy. If you've ever seen, have you, you haven't seen Sons of Anarchy oh, before no. the show, so it's a biker gang show. Mm-hmm. I look at the gang structure similar to the way a biker gang structure works, and you can use that show, Sons of Anarchy, as an example. You have the president of the club, that's mm-hmm. Dutch Vandalin, he's the president. You have the vice president, 
who with the gang in Red Dead Redemption 2 is Hosea, that other leader of the gang, someone that other people trust that when they need someone to confide in and talk to, maybe they're not sure about what the leader, the president's doing Dutch, they can talk to Hosea. They, mm-hmm. Someone that balances Dutch out, someone that gives alternative ideas, someone that Dutch trusts and also respects to make decisions and also has lots of experience. Mm-hmm. That's Hosea. Then with a, with a president, a president has a right hand as well, his sergeant at arms. So at his left is the vice president, at his right is his sergeant at arms, someone that he trusts wholeheartedly to defend him to the the death, to die for him, Mm -hmm. to do whatever he asks without question. That is Arthur Morgan. Mm -hmm. That's the workhorse. That's the guy, when he wants something done, he goes to his right hand. That's the structure of this gang. Now, the thing is, that all changes when Hosea dies. When Hosea dies, the vice president, Dutch's true north, is gone. Now, the person that goes into that vice president role in the gang is Arthur. So mm-hmm. Dutch, in one fell swoop, loses his left and right hand. Mm-hmm. Yes, Arthur's still there, but Arthur's not in the role that Dutch needs him to be in. Dutch mm-hmm. needs Arthur to be at his right, but Arthur is the most um, qualified to be that second in command. To be someone that everyone else in the gang trusts, knows is going to be fair and balanced, knows is going to, can, that has Dutch's ear, has Dutch's respect, and can ha- have his own mind. Mm-hmm. But Dutch isn't used to his right hand, someone he needs to trust wholeheartedly, doing that. So all of a sudden, you've got that role that changes. Now, that transition could have been easier, where Arthur could have comfortably gone into that role. But with Arthur dying but from sickness that Dutch doesn't realize, Arthur doesn't act as a vice president, as a co-captain in a way he needed to for Dutch or even for the gang. Mm. Arthur had his own was in that role but had his own goals, his own mind because his incoming demise. That then causes the rift in what they both want for the gang, which causes the rift for Dutch to go even deeper. Mm. Then his new right hand is Micah, who's a fucking rat snake. (laughs) So that goes even further. So the structure of the gang change really breaks down Dutch. And that's one whole layer of what's breaking him down. Then, of course, you've got the greed and, and loyalty combination that's not working together anymore where the gang wants one thing and he wants another because his greed's getting to the point where he knows he's an age he can't do this for much longer he needs to get out he needs to finish so the greed becomes more and more desperate and the loyalty go when you're more and more desperate in one way and prioritizing one over the other the other falls behind so his loyalty ideology fell behind his greed which caused the gang to riff, which caused his, his life just to be this paradox that just couldn't work anymore. Yeah. But in the end, I don't think he showed his true colors of being bad. I think he showed his true colors of that and his life being a paradox where yeah. he did redeem himself. He proved It wasn't redemption in the sense of he's good. It was redemption in the sense he proved that he wasn't all bad, that he really did is loyal he really does he has that side and there's two parts to him there's that greed side there's that loyalty side he does have both they both exist but he had at one point they worked together but because of a whole multitude of things the way he was the space he was at in his life the gang structure changing as well as the world around him changing he fell apart 
those two mm. things couldn't coexist. And that goes to your point talking about he could control it. And I think that's just what he could control was the balance of what he cared about. But yeah. he could no longer control the balance of what he cared about. He couldn't control his greed anymore. He couldn't control the gang loyalty anymore. And everything fell apart for him. And I think that is the most interesting and complex story and character development of the whole game is Dutch Vandalin. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with that. That makes sense. I think, yeah, the... Because Dutch, to me, it always felt like he had a twisted sense of what loyalty and love is. It could because it always felt For like sure. 100%. it wasn't like an unconditional love. It was like, it was like, look, I love everyone in this gang, but if you want to leave, then I don't love you anymore. Like it almost you like, watch was... Sons of Anarchy because those biker gangs that's how they fucking operate. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got to be loyal. If you're not loyal, you're fucked. You, you're dead. Yeah, that and it was like this. So it's because it's not true loyalty or true like actually love for like you know your, your your brothers or whatever it's it's like it almost felt fake it was like you know every I time i think it's loyalty to a code and the co it's not loyalty well, there's yeah, a code to what they do there's rules to what they do if you want to live by them you've got to be loyal and if you don't mm. you've got to get out there's two ways there's no two ways yeah. about it there's it's very black and white right yeah that's what that's yeah it felt more like a loyalty to the gang and its ideals than it did to the people i think whereas i think that shifted for arthur later on in the game where he sees it yeah. less as because he lived his whole life towards he those ideals over, of right? the gang like he like one thing i noticed is he was almost the embodiment the same way dutch was of those ideals of the gang like he truly believed in it and he just did whatever dutch said and he completely agreed like he went along for it but it wasn't until he got his sickness i think it put into perspective for him like the people are more important than the gang and the gang was over so he wanted to try and help the people and that's arthur's shift and that also then affects dutch as well because dutch doesn't want to move past it and he's going to keep fighting so that's you know and John's going through similar things to Arthur, but I mm. think in a more outsider sense, whereas, you know, Arthur's really in it. Mm. And Arthur doesn't have a future, whereas John does. And that's what I love. And that's why it works so well with you playing as Arthur in this game, is that there is that tension of, well, what's going to happen to Arthur? What's going to happen to the gang? What's his role? And when he's got the sickness and when he knows he's dying, Arthur knows there's no future. And even it even wraps up that Mary storyline with the letter mm. of you know, give him the ring back. He's like, he has, even if he wasn't sick, he had no future. He had no outside life. His only link to the outside was her. And that was moved forcefully moved on for him. Mm. And then he was dying anyway. So he's like, my life will always be in this game, but John can get out. Cause he cared about Jack. He cared about Abigail and he, and he, and even though he had his issues with John early on, they built a relate. I loved their relationship progress mm. to where it was, it wasn't even that they were hanging out a lot together and they realized that they were buddies or something. It was that they both saw the world the same way. They yeah. both saw the gang the same way. And when things were going south with the gang, it was those two that would look at each other. Mm. I loved how they were just, it, it would, Arthur would look at John, John would look at Arthur and they both think, yeah, you, you seeing this? Yeah, I'm seeing <laughs> this yeah what the yeah. fuck's happening that and that's so what they well. they and they built their relationship and brotherhood on the on the way they both saw the world and the way they both saw the truth of what the gang was becoming mm. which was an own great little you know friendship that at the end was just fucking beautiful and yeah, just so sad yeah. i think that i mean like i said before in red dead redemption one i think you can see a lot of arthur in john i think you can see the way he sees the world the way he's incredibly cynical the way, you know, just the way he speaks and stuff. It almost feels like they wrote Arthur to be that sort of 
figure to John, where he sort of becomes that same sort of guy, like he sort of acts the same way, but he also is John as well. Um, and I really love that. And I also love the way that I feel like you, you sort of see that shift the way that Arthur can see himself in John. And it's like, he obviously had that choice before, leave the gang with Mary or commit to the gang. And John sort of has that same decision. And Arthur sort of thinks, well, I couldn't do it, but I can give that to John. He should be able to leave the gang with Abigail and Jack and live that life that I couldn't have. And I think that's done well. It's sort of like a mirror, but the opposite. And you see that a lot with John and Arthur, I think. It's it's such a beautiful relationship. And when well, I guess we can get naturally now to the end of the game where mm. that friendship and everything we've been talking about culminates, Dutch's development, Arthur's development of sickness, his relationship with Dutch and John and how that culminates especially with the whole Micah. We haven't really talked much about Micah, who early on, you know, you kind of knew he was a bit of a dick, but as the game progressed, you kind of realized he was actually going to play a very important role in the end, which he, which obviously did. Uh, There's a couple endings you can, there's four endings to this game. There's a choice where, you know, we have two options, but there's two endings with each option you pick, depending on your honor, whether you're honorable or dishonorable. Uh, so I, you and I had the same ending yeah. because both honorable and we went with John rather yeah. than going back for the money because I kind of said the thing, what the fuck's the point of going back for the money? <laughs> I'm about to do, Arthur's about, Arthur's about to die. And then I can, mm-hmm. I did all I thought to myself was if I go back for the money, will I be able to give it to John to buy the ranch? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that'll happen. I'll just go with John to make sure he gets out of right. Mm-hmm. Even though I know he's going to get out of right anyway, cause he lives. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, just in case I'll go with him. So I went with him, and then when there's a moment... So I knew there was an epilogue, two epilogue chapters, and I knew that at 73%, Arthur's story ends. I knew that. Now, mm-hmm. I was like, surely that means I'm playing as John, which is why I started to leave side missions and stranger missions. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm playing... Like, my criteria was you have to play as John, but I wasn't 100% sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, 90% sure. I'm like, you better fucking play as John. It makes a lot of sense. There's no other choice. This yeah. has to be what's going on, right? But... I thought, fuck, will they do something like where it's Sadie's the epilogue chapter character? You know what I mean? Like God. someone that's really close with Arthur and still in that life, whereas oh, John will go off. They that and... up, though. Like that's what that, – that fucked me up too because you do a lot of missions with Sadie towards the end. I was like, are they trying to get us to like her because they're, they're going to make us play And I did her. like Sadie a lot, but I liked her as a side character. Yeah, I also don't want to play as her. Like, Yeah, know. no, not at all. Not at all, for sure. Um so that's what I was worried about. I'm like, oh, it's not Ubisoft that would just do that shit, <laughs> big, you know, because they want you to play as a woman for diversity. Rockstar will do what's right. And they did. Yeah. Um, they did what made story sense, not what they feel like, uh, you know, political pressure wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, so we get to this point here where I'm like, oh, look, I feel like it has to be John. But it wasn't until the, you know, I, w- I refuse to believe it until the last second, right? Mm-hmm. Where. He, but even then, like Arthur hands John his hat and his bag, and I'm like, holy fuck, yes, we're gonna be playing as John. Mm. Yes, we're gonna be playing as John. Fuck yeah. Even though I was only 99% sure. But I'm like, yeah. surely this means we're playing as John. Surely we're giving him our shit. That has to be me we're playing as John. And then you have your moment, your horse dies, and I fucking suck. I was oh li- my god, yeah. Crying, Don't crying. Me. <laughs> I've so never, bad. I have never cried at a game more than the first Red Dead. Until this game. I cried so fucking hard. So many moments. like, But it wasn't always because it was sad. It was like sometimes it was because it was so good. And I'm like, I don't know what to fucking do. 
me like I started tearing up when my horse died, and then yeah, when you annoying. pass stuff off to John and you're on your own, and everyone's coming at you, and I just pulled out both pistols, I was shooting, oh, I yeah. just started breaking down, crying, weeping, knowing this is the last stand. Fuck, and then I fight in Micah, and I just was like, "Fuck you, Micah!" Like punching <laughs> the shit out of him, wanting to kill him. Yeah. And then yeah. when I got the honorable ending where Arthur dies from tuberculosis, watching the sunrise, mm-hmm. Dutch Lee walks away, Micah walks his way. And I just kind of cried. I was just like really, really yeah. crying. Yeah, now, the hardest I bad. was, it goes years later, and it's mm-hmm. John Mast. He's with Abigail, Jack's older. He's 12. Mm-hmm. We're in 1907. And I'm like, holy shit, this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Tell me I'm about to play as John fucking Marston for not just the end, but for 27% of the game. I know. And then it camera pans to where you're in play mode and you're controlling John Marston. I literally put the controller down and started hysterically <laughs> crying. With half of it was sadness for what had just happened to Arthur. The other yeah. half was joy of like, yes, literally the same yes, thing. I, I collapsed yes. on my desk and I was just crying on my desk yeah. <laughs> over playing as John Marston. It was fucking ridiculous. I was so fucking happy. And how crazy was it? Like, I had that criteria of, like, you have to, Arthur has to die, I play as John. But fuck, I didn't want Arthur to die at the end. I was like, yeah, no, I let know. me play as Arthur. Okay, I have a game as John. Let me have a game as Arthur. I don't want to... They do it do so well. It's so fucking crazy. Arthur's just as good a character as John is, too. Like, they have their own way. And John Marston, John Marston. They do the, I want to play as John Marston. But mm-hmm. fuck, I love what yeah, an amazing yeah. that's that's the thing because i put out that poll on twitter like doing the difference between john and arthur and i think there's the only difference between which one you're going to pick is maybe i, I because to me what did you impo- play first what'd you say what did you play first did you play the first game did you play yeah, the second potentially because a lot of people have said like oh i played red dead but i also prefer arthur but maybe they were too young to like properly invest in it i don't know but it's like that to me <clears throat> John Marston is always going to be my favourite, no matter how good Arthur was, because it's John Marston, like... Yeah, I agree. And I agree with you. I'm, I, John's so... still my favourite. I, I, I needed to play as John at the end, and that's mm. why I cried so hard playing as From joy, even mm. though I was sad about Arthur, I was in tears mm. of tears of joy yeah. that I'm playing as John Marston after eight and a half years. I got a prequel for John Marston, and I got to play as John it Marston. crazy. It almost didn't feel it's real. Up... Like, it, it yeah, felt it, like it... I was in a fucking dream. It was so fucking strange like playing as this character again after so long it was crazy yeah i completely agree completely agree yeah it was uh, you know just to go back as well to that bit before you play as john when you're in the camp and you're confronting dutch after arthur thinks that john has been killed that moment when john walks back into the camp to confront dutch as well was so fucking good just hearing him call out from the distance and you know show back up was fucking great and then teaming up with him to try and escape and then like you said that final moment where arthur puts the hat on john and then john is like trying to get him to join him like trying to get him to come with him and arthur's like no i need to stay here and fight everyone off and then john's final words were like um you're my brother and then arthur's like i know and then he fights off the guys and everything was just so fucking good it was like the completion of their sort of relationship arc that they'd set up and everything it was just yeah it was so brilliant then we get to the epilogue though which was um, 
I mean, I think of it as like this game has two games in it. You have Arthur's game, which is its own story, which is the best mm. story of the game. The epilogue isn't as good as the main story, but the epilogue is like fan service to it needed to be to done. Red Dead Redemption One fans. It's exactly what had to be done, mm -hmm. and also gets to wrap up the last little threads of Arthur's story, which was really just Micah and mm. what happened to everyone else. Yeah. Um, then, of course, you got to build the ranch. Like, in terms of fan service moments, doing what needed to be done, setting up Red Dead Redemption 1, did you... What What did you think overall with, like, building the ranch, learning how to be a rancher, and yeah. just kind of that first... The first chapter was a bit of fun, but I was happy it was over and to move on to that second epilogue chapter, personally. Yeah, I... First off, could we just talk about how, for some reason, everyone had the same glitch where John is really fucking skinny... For some yeah. reason, what the <laughs> fuck is that about? I don't know. They're trying to fix it about yeah, me, but yeah. it's so fucked. That's so weird because I didn't notice for so long until I I could. <laughs> I sh I need to show this somewhere. Um, I might post a picture when like you know it's been a while, so I don't spoil anything. But there was a moment where I noticed, and I was like, "There is something so wrong here." It was so yeah. weird. Like he was so thin. Um, but. I noticed it instantly. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess that's what they're doing with this, but yeah, super weird. Okay, I whatever. Right I just kind of. Yeah. But it wasn't until a point where I realized it was wrong and not meant to happen. It was yeah. Like, it was See, I weird. didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But you told me to reload the game and I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank fuck, that's way better. <laughs> oh, that's a million times better. Oh, God. Like, I, I, I knew he wasn't as big as Arthur or anything, but he, he didn't have to be literally, like, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking skeleton. It was so weird. Yeah, so weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I loved... I liked that part. But his head section. was normal size, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Like, his head was normal, but his body was fucked. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, I liked the first epilogue section, where you're in uh, Pronghorn Ranch um, with Abigail and Jack, and you've got, like... you just It was just that... That, that sort of sense of, you know, you're playing as John and you, you're seeing what happened to him in between Arthur's story and Red Dead Redemption 1. And it was almost like, because it wasn't the most exhilarating gameplay, but it was almost like I'm playing as John Marston, so it is the best thing ever. Um, and it was yeah, that sure. anticipation of like, what are they going to do? Are we going to be building Beach's Hope? Are we going to get to see, you know how close is this going to get to the original Red Dead Redemption? Because there was still so much left of the game at that point that it was like, you know, how, like, how far are they going to go with this? So I loved all of that stuff. And, you know, yeah, just that beginning section is just playing as John was fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. You you tweeted out that I'm 80% into Red Dead Redemption and I just experienced what could possibly be one of the greatest moments in video game history. Mm -hmm. Now, I saw that and I was waiting for 80%. Yeah. I get to 80%. John Marston puts on his Red Dead Redemption 1 outfit. Great moment. Great yeah. moment. Not one of the best moments in video game history and kind of ruined the moment for me. Well, you were uh, expecting oh, more. Look, yeah, for me, it was Yeah, like... I was expecting more. When you say one of the greatest moments in video game history, I expect more than putting on an outfit. I'm like, I guess so. Like, but it was... I don't need him to be in the outfit but for what... it to be good. But, but what happened was, the, the reason I loved it so much was because he put on the iconic outfit and then it when you get on your horse and you're riding it plays the theme for the first game and so i was like this is fucking insane oh like, you i'll tell you what fucked up i'll tell you why i didn't get that song you didn't i'll tell you why 
because I wish I'd known before. It was my first year. He had a fucking massive beard and shit. And I was like, oh, great. He's not wearing the original outfit and having a fucking massive beard. So I shaved and made him look like John Marston from... I always have John mm. look like John Marston from Red Dead. I don't let him grow fucking yeah. hair or beards and shit. Yes, I have him looking identical to the first game. But because I went back inside, I turned a horse around, just went quickly back inside the house, shaved and went back out. The song stopped. I didn't oh, get it. No. And I didn't know what the song was. I didn't hear enough of the song, but I knew the song. I was like, oh, I love the moments. In, the, one of my favorite st- things of Red Dead, both games, is those moments where they play actual music because mm-hmm. I love those soundtrack moments. And they were great in this game. I feel like the first game had better moments. Yeah, I agree. But I, didn't, I missed that one. Ah, that was so a good what moment. Was, what song was it? It was the theme from Red Dead Redemption. You Did know, they like have the same lyrics? One... And... No, it was the, the one that plays um, at the end when you're oh, going. I might be thinking different part then um when you're going to uh kill micah it plays there as well oh okay yeah maybe i didn't notice that Um, i don't know but there was a song i missed like an actual like musical song with a guy singing and shit that i missed because i went to shave because he looks dumb yeah oh i don't like it's not like this soundtrack was great and everything but red dead redemption one songs i gotta say are way better like far away the place when you're oh, arriving yeah. one of the best moments in video games the bury me not on the lone prairie mm. like that might and be then, nostalgia though like dude i don't give a fuck are you telling me dead man's gun the credit song to red dead redemption one <laughs> doesn't shit all over the credit songs in this game because it does I it, guess so. it's yeah, awful. I agree, but I'm just trying it's to think. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Dead man's gun, because it's just especially what you've just played. Because you get the credits when you're Jack and you kill yeah, yeah. Uh, Edgar Ross, and then it, you know the first one hands upon dead man's gun, and you're looking down mm-hmm. the side. Like it's just like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Because you've got your mm-hmm. father's gun. Like it's just the song just is so good. Whereas like they're great songs and everything, but man, the Red Dead ones, original ones, are fucking shit all over the Red Dead Two ones. I'm just, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, that's something Red Dead One is better. They, they had better songs. But yeah. I did miss one song, so I don't know how good that was. So maybe that was a really good song that I missed I it. But... Remember. I don't, don't even remember that happening. But Yeah. 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 Maybe, um, I feel like it was when I was writing to, yeah, see Sadie and I got the original outfit and there was just like a song that played and I missed it. Yeah. I don't really remember though, but yeah. Oh, okay. That happened. That but yeah, happened. There, was, there was a couple other things in the uh, epilogue that I noticed is one one thing is well the music for a start is slightly different there's a lot of little melodies that were from the original Red Dead Redemption it makes it feel they very kind of re-imagine um, which yeah. was really cool and also the Dead Eye sound effect is the Red Dead 1 sound effect instead of Red Dead 2 which I thought was a little thing that was like I don't like they just I don't know why they did it but they did and it was like yeah I didn't even notice that, to be honest. Yeah, I, it took me a little while. I was like, because with when Arthur does it, there's a little clock ticking sound effect to, to tell oh, you time's yeah, running yeah. out, but there's yeah, not yeah, with John. Sure. It's just the one from Red Dead 1. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Which was cool. Didn't even notice. Um, that is cool. But they did that thing as well in the barn when you first get your guns back and you go in and you, you're taking out all those guys and you go into the barn and he holds the shotgun like from the front cover of uh, Red Dead Redemption 1, which was cool. Um, just lots of little fan service things that were just really nice to have there that were that were really cool in the epilogue. I think the I think one thing that I didn't know I needed with the epilogue though mm-hmm. that was amazing was the John Abigail stuff that oh, they yeah. really got to delve into because I think the funny thing about the first Red Dead was especially the first time you play it is 
you don't see Abigail until the end. You just know John has a wife. You don't know if she's like a good character or anything. You just know he has a wife. Mm. And you've got this character in Bonnie McFarlane. You're like, what? Man, I wish they got together. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're like, they're great. Bonnie's awesome. Like, that's what you'd think. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the end, you're like, oh, no, Abigail's great. But you don't know much about her or her romance with John. They're just already a married couple that's been together a long time. They have a 16 year old son. It was great to see their build up from. John, you know, early on, you know, he left. He left her and Jack as a baby, denying that Jack was his kid. Mm. And then you see his growth of, like, accepting Jack as his son but being kind of a shithead dad to then, you know, eight years later trying his best, committing, loving Abigail and, you know, proposing to her and all that, using Arthur Arthur's ring. Mm. Like, just... Their full circle was another under-the-radar but really powerful uh, character development and growth through the story that I didn't know needed to happen but needed to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was like one of them. Because one of the moments I knew they needed to do was the building of Beecher's Hope, but there were so many other things they did in that epilogue that was like, it just made it so great. Like, yeah, the moment when John proposes to Abigail was like, that that whole section was great. Just seeing John his sort of full development of going from not caring about his family and all that stuff to being like, you know, the sort of the man that Arthur wanted him to be like, and you know, sort of how happy he was. Like there's not many moments where you see John Marston genuinely happy other than when he's with his family. And it sort of, it was sort of mirrored that of Red Dead Redemption one when he's sort of back on the ranch and everything. And it felt, it felt good. It was great. And another one of those little things was the relationship between John and Jack, which is hard in this game because you can't really have much of that development because that development kind of all happens in the first game. Mm. Like, you can't retell the same development between those two characters of, like, Jack finally accepting, you know, John as being there mm-hmm. because he can't yet. You do, But you get to see, and you get to kind of understand, because I'm like, well, Jack's 16, and if he left the gang ages ago, like, what does Abigail mean when she talked to John in Red Dead Redemption 1 saying, well, he hasn't really had a father, he's used to, you know, always being gone, things happen, I'm like, what are you talking about? But you see, mm-hmm. like, when he was a kid, he left, Abigail and Jack leave for months, you know, John only four years before when he's 12 years old, like, John's always, you know, doing shit in between then, and then... He only has a couple of years with John at the ranch before John and them are taken away again for 12 months for John to leave and hunt down Bill and everyone. Mm. So it makes more sense. That's another thing that really, you know, those like, oh, I, I kind of get why, like, there's been lots of long periods where John's been gone and Jack, one minute when he thinks he has stability, then it's taken away from him. So you got to see that storyline kind of added to that makes sense to the first game without having to finish that development between Jack and John because it happens again in the original yeah. red dead redemption yeah that was done well i also loved how they uh they sort of showed why uncle was with them because that always confused me in red dead redemption one i'm like why is uncle here because john hates him as well in red dead redemption i was like he hates this guy why is he doing here like what i don't know who is he and why is he here it was always so just forced his me. way in as uncle does. yeah it was just but it was great and you can see in red dead redemption 2 that he does actually care for uncle it's just sort of, it was just sort of like the gang's punching bag. But like, they do, like, they do care about him, which I liked. Like, there's that scene when um he's with Charles and Uncle after they've built the, built the house and they all just get drunk and they're just like, you know, having a good time. And that was, that was a, that was a good scene. Because it's like, again, you don't get those, you don't get many scenes where you see John Marston happy. 
and yeah, it's quite, and it was it's quite great nice to get having this. Charles there for it as well. Yeah, yeah. like that was great. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then we get to the real end where you have Sadie come up, and it was cool just to have all those characters kind of reunite. What happened all these years later, mm-hmm. and then you find Micah, and you eventually with Charles and and Sadie being you know severely injured, you get John. The the only moment that shot me because I'm like, oh well, you kind of know what's happening. You know, John's going to kill um, Micah. But mm-hmm. when Dutch came out of that door, I was fucking stunned. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit. What the fuck is yeah, Dutch I, doing here? I was here? not expecting to see him again. That was the biggest shocker for, for me at the end, mm. uh, where I didn't think there could really be any more surprises. Because I think that was the thing about the epilogue, and that's why I remember when Red Dead Redemption 2 got announced, and I was like, you better be playing as fucking John. You better be playing as fucking John. Don't do a prequel with John and not be, let me play as him. Someone, mm. I remember, commented on the podcast or whatever and said, it would be dumb to play as John... Because there's no tension of character. You know he doesn't die. You know what happens to him. It would really kind of ruin tension. I was like, no, fuck you. I was That guy was 100% <laughs> wrong. I was 100% wrong. I was 100% wrong. And the reason for that was the story tension and what of the what is going to happen was massive for Arthur's story. And the reason the epilogue wasn't as tense or interesting as the original. Though it's great. I, like, I loved it. But I was never worried yeah. about what's going to happen next because I know John doesn't die. At the end, I was like, there's not going to be a... Su- the, like, no surprises could happen with the epilogue. Mm-hmm. No surprises could happen because I know what happens. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see it, and I'm 100% glad I did. But the power of tension, of not knowing, is necessary in a game to be at this level. And you had to play as Arthur, or you know, you had to play someone else. So I, was, I just want to yeah. say, I was 1 million percent wrong in saying that. And they did a tremendous job with Arthur... And at the end, they still gave me a surprise, even though I didn't think I could be surprised with the epilogue, with Dutch showing up. Yeah. And thing, what did you think when Dutch showed up? Oh, like, what's going I on? Was, I, it was, I was not expecting it at all. And in hindsight, probably should have been expecting it. But it was like, you, you know, you're having that standoff with Micah. And it's like, you think you've got him. And then all of a sudden, Dutch comes out. And you're like, I did, I did not expect to see Dutch again. I thought the next time John would see Dutch would be end of Red Dead Redemption 1, like, when you're tracking him down again. I just didn't think he would see him again. But that moment was so necessary because it adds so much to Red Dead Redemption 1 because you get... It's almost like a mirror image of what happens. Like, you're on a snowy mountain, he's holding his gun at you, and you get that moment where obviously he kills Micah, but he's holding his gun at you and then he puts it away and then he leaves. And that's, like, that's one of the main reasons why John didn't shoot Dutch on the yeah. edge of the mountain, Red Dead Redemption 1. Exactly. It's the same, but it's it. opposite. Yeah. Like, John's aiming yeah. his gun at him, and then he puts it away. He's not going to do what Dutch could have done to him. because of, didn't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, that was a it, brilliant that, scene. And then there's that, that also, that, that line as well, that Dutch says at the end of Red Dead Redemption 1, um, could be attributed to that scene as well, because he says, we need to stop meeting like this, John. And it's like, is he, like... In Red oh one, fuck yes what, oh that's what so were they funny. talking about but it's like yeah yeah know. that's so good that's cool that's a yeah it's a such a great point um, and it, it's so powerful that you can play red dead one like you could be someone that's never played the first red dead play red dead redemption 2 then play one and be like holy fuck how did eight years ago they know everything <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean like because it it's that like well they, because we said before this game came out red dead redemption one feels like a sequel to something that didn't happen 
And Which you, but you didn't, you don't think about it until you know there's a prequel coming, right? Like, yeah. And but when you, does. when I, both of us replayed Red Dead this year, mm-hmm. and both said the same thing. We're like, fuck, thinking about it now, playing it again, knowing there's a prequel, you're like, it really does feel like this is a sequel to something that it's, happened in the past. It's really fucking weird because he talked like John talks about things as a matter of fact. Like, you should know that he has a wife. You should know the character of Abigail and Jack. Like, he shouldn't have to tell you. There's no need for the exposition yeah. because they've done it. Like, it's so weird. Like, part of me feels like maybe going back and playing um, uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 again now that i finished 2 and just seeing how much lines up because I watched all of the Dutch scenes and there's another thing as well that was obviously written so well in 2 and it's subtle is at the end when John confronts Dutch um, in Red Dead Redemption 1, Dutch says, um, I've got a plan. And John says, you've always got a plan, Dutch. Plan, and it's yeah. like, that yeah. then calls back to Red Dead Redemption 2, and where, you know... Especially with who Dutch is, is always having a plan. Like, it always... It all makes... Everything makes sense. Yeah, the, there's only one thing I caught off, right? Okay. One thing I caught off that was never addressed that I was curious about with the first game okay. is John confesses to Bonnie who he is, what he's really doing, hunting down Bill Williamson... He ha- he's like, I have a wife, I have a son, I had a daughter, but she died. Mm. That was never addressed in this game. No, no, not even mentioned. And that's something that I've been curious about for a while. I was like, well, do, was she like, do, how old did she get? Was she just like an infant? Or was it, she like a two-year-old, four-year-old, five? Like, what happened? Was never addressed, before, you don't know. Was it before Abigail, maybe? or? Uh, no, well, I don't know, because you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just never know in this. So that's the only thing. It's not a big deal because literally I didn't even pick up on that line until like the third time I played through Red Dead Redemption. So it's not like a major factor, not something I'm upset about or anything, but it's just something interesting that I was like, you know what? That was never actually addressed. And I was curious, but not 100% of everything else was. So I don't really care, you know? Yeah, it's one of those little things. I'd like to know, though. I'd like to yeah. know, like, when, when, who, like, yeah, how old did she get? Like, you know, mate, like, yeah. You'd assume because he included it when he was talking about his wife and his son that it was a child he had with Abigail. But then, why would he react? I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I'd like I'd like to know that. But yeah, I mean, they did everything else so well. So, um, yeah, there's that. Um, I did want to say as well, talking about the when yeah. you're going after Micah again. Yep. Um, at the end. The, uh, another one of the little things they did is when you get to the top of the mountain and uh, John is like calling out to Micah and he says, uh, Micah Bell, I've come for you, like the same way he says um, for Bill Williamson in Red Dead Redemption 1, uh, which was a cool yeah. little thing, little callback there. Yeah. And then it, obviously it starts playing the Red Dead theme. That was fucking incredible as well. When you yeah. get to the top of the mountain and he gets his fucking like dual pistols out and you're killing everyone, and it's playing the theme from Red Dead 1, it was like, this is mental. Like It really felt like you were playing like this lost chapter to the start. You just yeah. finished the prequel game, and now you're playing this lost chapter to the start of Red Dead 1. Yeah. Like, this, this whole epilogue was... And, like, John's written so perfectly. Like, mm. it's, it's just like, I'm like, fuck, this is so John. I know. Like, it's so, everything he was doing is so John. Behaving like John, like, this just feels so familiar. Mm. And I think that's part of why I wasn't, like, while I was playing it, I was almost, like, not really curious. 
Like, I wasn't sitting there like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen next? Oh, shit. Because I was just so comfortable. I was like, oh, I've done this a million times. Like, it didn't mm. feel like I was playing something new. I felt like I was playing the first Red Dead. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's John Marston. It's, it's exactly the same. I feel mm. so comfortable. Like, and it's a beautiful thing about it. Like, I wasn't curious about what's going to happen next. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it's, I played this like five to six times already, haven't I? Like, what do you mean? Mm. Like... This is just, it's John Marston. I'm playing as John. Yeah, like, it's so beautifully familiar and perfect that even eight and a half years later, with all the development, technologically speaking, they still made the game feel like the original while mm. being a masterpiece in its own right that's changing gaming forever. Mm. Incredible. Incredible how they balance everything. Incredible how they managed to tie everything together. Incredible how they wrote that script for Arthur for Dutch, for John, for every character in this game and made a masterpiece in one of the greatest games of all time. Undoubtedly. Yeah. What a great fucking game. It's Red Dead Redemption 2 like, it's, it's crazy to believe that it's done. Like, it, it was announced, you know, years ago and we've been waiting so long for this. Like, it's... Uh, I keep thinking back to it, like, playing that epilogue, it was fucking insane that eight years later... We were playing as John Marston, written so well in this map that, like, 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 Surreal. riding along those roads. Like, the first time I went from Pronghorn Ranch to then go and, like, to go to Blackwater to get the, get the loan and buy Beaches Hope, it was like riding across those roads to get yeah. down, like, going past the the entrance to Beaches Hope and then down to get into Blackwater was like, this is, like... It was so surreal, so strange, playing that and riding through so those familiar and, just... and so new all at the same time, like so unbelievably yeah, surreal. It was like it was like like visiting home after being away yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, it was it was yeah, great. yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, yeah. that's Red Dead Redemption two. I don't think I think we covered most shit to be honest i'm pretty sure we did i'm not sure we didn't talk a lot about the world and gameplay and side shit but we want to do this spoiler cast mostly for story anyway so Uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything we might oh i tell you what there's one moment um that i thought i'd touch upon is that moment where dutch when you when you get angelo bronte and dutch drowns him and then john is like whoa what the fuck like what are we doing like that's sort of one of the first moments where john realizes dutch sort of like losing it um yeah and the line that Dutch says to John is, um, well, the way I see it, it was either him or me, and I figured it might as well be him. And that's the same line that John says to Javier Escuela when he finds him in Red Dead Redemption 1, and I thought that was a nice little... Yeah, nice okay, little yeah, miss, miss um, that one, yeah, miss that one. Yeah, you've picked up on a few really yeah, good lines. I, <laughs> I, I made sure, like, when I noticed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I remember these, these tiny little things, because I appreciated them. Like, you yeah. know, little moments. I'm sure there's a bunch that I missed, though. I feel like there was a lot done in this game um, yeah. for fans. And, stuff. and the whole game... And we didn't talk much about like, the other gang members, like Bill and Javier and stuff. Like, mm. I mean, Javier, I thought, was a really great character for the first half and then just disappears the second half of the game. Um, Bill was actually really great, just like you understood his role in the gang and how funny it is that he has his own gang and how it even makes sense why John didn't even take him seriously when he showed up at the start of yeah, Red Dead 1. exactly. And then when, you know what when, I mean? Uh, that makes a lot of sense when you think about it because it's, it's fucking Bill Williamson. He's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. So he shows up and then he gets shot. And it's like, oh, okay. So that's why John didn't take him seriously. Yeah, that's like when uh, at the end of the game when uh, Abigail's talking to John about like where he's been and like he's like, oh, like wh- how was Bill? 
and he's like saying that everyone in New Austin was scared of him, and Abigail like laughs, and she's like, "Wait, what, Bill?" And it's like, because yeah. obviously they know that he was just an idiot. Yeah. So like seeing yeah. him run a gang that was, you know, terrorizing people was like, you know, unexpected. Yeah. And the well, we've got to mention, obviously, the greatest mission of the whole game. Lenny, my boy! <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking great mission. That was classic rock style. That, that was great. That, that was amazing. And and Lenny, seeing Lenny go was so oh my fucking... God. Jaw dropped. Hosea dying. Nowhere. That... That bank robbery was crazy. That's what I thought was like, oh, is shit, is this where the John gets left for dead mission yeah. is? But no, it's, it happens again later. He's left for dead fucking twice. Mm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, man, we could talk about this game all day. This is just Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2, masterpiece. One of the greatest so games much. ever made. Like, and yeah. the best story of any game ever for me. Yep. Not even close. Totally agree. Yeah. Bloody crazy. And the only competition for a game being better is God of War. And, and even then, it's like neck and neck. These two, yeah, amazing. Yeah. What a what a year it's been. And we're f- three months away from Kingdom Hearts 3, oh, bro. Man. Then I can die. I literally said I have to survive <laughs> in life to play Red Dead 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm finishing it the way there. Yeah. Now it's time to end. I finally wrapped up this story that I've loved so much of characters of John Marston and that whole thing. Um and now I just need to wrap up my childhood of the first console game I ever owned, which was mm. Kingdom Hearts 1, back on the PS2. Time to finish that story up. But yeah. actually, before we go, before we wrap this up, James, i got one mm. question for you, a very important question. Red Dead Redemption okay. 2 is over. We've got everything wrapped up with the Dutch gang, everything tied together with Red Dead Redemption 1. Now, what's next? What do you mean? What's next? Red Dead Redemption 3? Or is it Red Dead Revolution? Red Dead something well, else? Or is it Red Dead Redemption 3? Do we play as Jack? To me, I feel that the story... To me, the story of Red Dead Redemption as a franchise is John Marston's story. And I feel like you had to have the epilogue in Red Dead Redemption 1 playing as Jack to round that off. You had to play as Arthur for the pre- uh, like for the uh, prequel to to tell that story of john marston properly i feel yeah. that red dead redemption is done if they're gonna yep. do another wild west game which i think they should um of course give it another subtitle call it red dead something else and do a different yeah, sure. one because i to me yep. i feel red dead redemption is john marston i feel it's his story so i and i feel it's done i because there's nothing more they could do if they want to do another prequel like no they can't oh, really someone said that. that to me today someone goes well if dutch was young i'm like no 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 no, no, no. i'm done with this shit <laughs> How i'm fucking done I'm, yeah yeah i'm done with yeah no i don't need to know that bullshit like i don't care yeah i'm no. done with the prequels we got a prequel i didn't think i even wanted but i definitely needed and it's over now i don't need yeah. to know anymore you yeah. know it's over it's done yeah either give either give me a new total new story and characters or a jack game i'm not gonna be have an issue if they decide to make a jack game because if they decide to do it they obviously have a storyline in mind yeah yeah exactly i mean and you could bring charles back and sadie back if you wanted you know what i mean like you could do the issue is it's so far in the future it was almost a stretch to have you players it's not not that far well it's 1914 like World yeah, War One's happening, hard. like... Yeah, no, it's a different, whole different world. It'd be like the last outlaw. I guess you could do it. Like, they don't have to conform to... It doesn't to... have to be an outlaw. He could be, like, a bounty hunter. That could be what he does. That's, yeah. 
True. He yeah. could do it. Like, it's not about a gang. You're not an outlaw. It's like, you're a you're bounty hunter, Jack Marston. And then that leads to a whole other story that may connect more than you think. There I might think, be. There could be. Yeah, if, if they were going to do it, they'd have to really take some risks and make it. So it's not just because it's 1914. They'd have to be like, look, this is a Red Dead Redemption game, not necessarily a Wild West game, because there's so many things that could happen in that time. Like, you know, and I wouldn't be mad at that. The story would be the story. I'm sure they would do a good job. And but it would have to link as well. Like if they're calling it Red Dead Redemption, it's got to link to John Marston in some way and makes well, I mean it's, like, it's jack as well you know like yeah, jack true. jack is still very important to both games yeah they're also not going to do it but you know no i don't i don't think they're going to do it. i don't think they need to do it no. i'm just saying i wouldn't be against them if they decided to do it no, you know what i mean neither would I. I would love to know because and the only reason is because it's no happy endings right like it's great that jack avenges john and everything but arthur dies for john john still dies because of what happened yeah only a few years later. Yeah. You know, at the end of the oh, day, God, the Pinkertons yeah. that hunted down the gang still win. They yeah. killed John Marston. At the end of the day, John's story, even though Arthur saved him and died for him, John still dies. Jack aven- avenges him, and that's all well and good, but that's fucking depressing. And I just yeah. want a happy <laughs> ending. Really I just, is, I just want a third game where the whole story has a happy ending and the main guy doesn't fucking die. Yeah, or something. Have, have Jack have a family, a proper family, and not die. And then it's like everything yeah. was for something. Like Arthur saved yeah, John that's all and I'm Jack. Saying. And... Whereas, like, whereas, like, so Jack, who was like going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something special, ended up being a murderer too because the fucking Pinkertons killed yeah. John. And After then what all. happened? Like, That's what not really. Happen? What was it all for? Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, what was it all for? John still fucking died, James. That's John still life. died. Life's unfair. Oh, such is life. Get the fuck That's out of really here. It's really sad. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, it's sad. It's fucking tragic. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't still, like it. The whole thing's still tragic, and that's the I, only reason I didn't want the Jack game, just because, like, what's it all for? What has Jack become? What was it all for? I didn't even think about that until you just brought it up, because to me, I was like, Red Dead Redemption 2 ends really happy. Like, you're on your farm, you've got your family. Like, it's all great. But yeah, I that's didn't... great, but you know he dies <laughs> in the end. I think, yeah, he dies. Oh, no. Shit. That I like that complete. I completely. I didn't forget, but like I blocked it out of my mind. That yeah, yeah so that sad. happens yeah, like four years later. Anyway, yeah, he dies anyway. After that point where he's happy, I'm like he dies like in four and years. And then Abigail dies like the year after. Well, three years after. Oh whatever. She dies in 1914. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Because that's where that scene takes place when it when the end game happens. He's just buried Abigail, right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. when Jack goes. Now I can. You know, because Abigail never would have wanted him to be a killer and do those things to get revenge, because it's Abigail. She never wanted John to do any of those things anymore. So after she died, he goes, now's the time. Yeah. Now's the time to... I'm on my own. It was really and Jack's easy on his, as well. What's it all for? Jack is, Jack is on his own. He's alone. No, That's so and, fucking depressing. And, and he doesn't live this life out of the gang. He fucking murders people. <laughs> what was it all for? To get them out? Jack's not out. Jack starts the whole fucking cycle again. He's just a murderer, yeah. He just tracks down a government agent. (laughs) And if you play like me, you also kill his wife and brother. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, so do I. Every time. Every time I play it, I fucking murder the fuck out of his whole family. It's so so fucked up. It's fucking depressing, bro. All of that happens. I've had no idea. 
he did it with John, and John got out for a bit, and Jack was going to be something special, and they all thought, you know, because he's so smart, read all these books, and he still is alone and a fucking murderer. That's the end. That's <laughs> he's the a murderer that lives in a ranch on his own that he can't manage because he doesn't have anyone with him. Yeah, and all he did was read books. He didn't even do anything on the ranch. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, at the end of the God. day, Jack is alone and a killer. That's yeah. what it was all for. Oh, God. I like to think he just goes east and finds a family. That's it. That's kind of depressing, to be honest. Like, I know. Oh, it is good. depressing. The whole story is depressing. Yeah. Like, sure, it linked up, but at the end of the day, the ending of Red Dead still happened, which is so depressing. I know. Oh, I wish John didn't no matter, die. No matter how you look at it, it's so depressing. Like, I love that Jack got revenge. It's great. It's a great ending to a... Tr- but at the end of the day, it's a great ending to a tragic story. Yeah, it really is. It's just oh. a silver lining to a depressing fucking story. I know. And it's also fucking rainy when you start playing as Jack as well. So sad. He's I just, just fucking really alone. It's, it's... dead, Abigail's dead, John's dead, and everyone from his past is fucking dead. <laughs> he kills Jack. people. He's not a special doctor or a police officer or a lawyer or... you know, He's just a fucking killer. I know. And that's what it was all for. So that Jack could be a fucking killer. <laughs> he's the worst out of all of them. He's not doing it for any reason. He's just murdering fucking innocent for people. Revenge, which Arthur's totally against. You don't get revenge on people. Like, that's literally through the whole Red Dead Redemption 2 revenge is pointless. Oh. But that's what the, it ends ending of the whole story is revenge did you think about it? i don't think about that till yeah. just now this also about revenge is point revenge point revenge point that's how this whole saga ends is a revenge moment yeah like like john and arthur both redeem themselves for jack to just be a murderous like guy driven it, by revenge still, i love it but yeah it sort of just sad. means like it's yeah it just makes it it's like depressing because it's like oh everything's just pointless like you know yeah, it just sort of goes full sure. circle again to just but they can't well, you know, when they're when you're bad when you're a bad person, like they all, at the end, of the day, they're all bad people. They're all killers and thieves. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you can't come back from that. You can't just have a happy ending. You know, you've got to go down. You know, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. Sure, they want to do good things, but they still fucking did bad. Yeah, maybe Jack just blew his fucking brains out after he killed Edgar Ross. Right hell, there. <laughs> right there. Right there. I'm alone and then he killed himself. After yeah, the probably. credits, like when the camera goes into Jack's face and it comes up with Red Dead Redemption, that was the moment. Stri- like then he just pulls the gun to his head and just kills himself. He's like, there's no fucking point. Fuck, bro. That's so depressing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But Red Dead Redemption 2, what a great game. Masterpiece. 10 out of 10. Game. 10 out of ten. You did it again. Ubisoft. You did it again. <laughs> Ubisoft. Fuck off. Uh, All right. Brilliant. Shut this bitch up. Okay. Well, thanks everyone very much for joining us. If you're listening on Patreon, re- releasing this on Patreon early, right? Yeah, 24 yeah. hours early. Right. Yeah. If you're listening to this on Patreon, thanks very much for your continued support. If you listen to this on YouTube, consider going to support us on Patreon. The link is in the description or go to patreon.com forward slash as always. It's just a dollar and you get access to things like this early as well as Kill Connor Clubhouse every week that the Kill Connor Club isn't on. So uh, go and check that out. And uh, to thank a few of you sweet vintage lads we have supporting us here on patreon.com forward slash as always, we have King Richard III, Ecraic, Bullsack47, Team Man or Travis, Josh Devillier, Billy the Team Timeline Captain, Robertson, Damien, Casey Wood, Viridian, Arbiter the Tony Team Fishy, Aaron Wynn, Mario5380, Austin, Pink Flame 3 and 3, Andrew Martinez, Johan Valdez, Benedict Parker Returns, David Binders, Shields, Awkward Kirk, Bo Damon, The Real Your Raptor, 
Zaheer, Captain Keys Official, Kyle, Ollie the Dane, Elstico91, Emil Catborg, S. Jaws, Probably Mover, Julie, Adam Sunling, H. Bart's 12, Jace the Last Medici, the ACMJS, James and Lad, Yazen, Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Brian Ford, Connor DeRose, Bully in the Alley, Joshua Mora, Gene, Marcus Blackburn, Seth, Oscar Ravjai, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, Brendan, or BQ Overlord, and Pink Flame 313. Thank you all so much. You said Pink Flame twice, you dickhead. Did I? Yeah. You don't read his name, James. Did I say it at the beginning? Like, yeah, you did. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I tripped up. Okay. I didn't even know this. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us on As Always. It's great. <laughs> that was my Okay, outro. yep. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.